broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Well, good morning. Welcome to Wake Up Mid-Missouri on a beautiful Thursday morning as the temperatures moderate. I am Randy Tobler in for... The uh, the show this morning, Alpha, the show last night, and you'll see me this afternoon. And so I'm very <laughs> thankful that Stephanie, I'm here, and producer Hannah, hello, and John, yes sir, are there to buoy me as I try to survive three hours. There to boo you? To buoy, <laughs> buoy. Oh, okay. No, I get plenty of booing all the time. But you hey, say, I, I heard bully. I love being here with this gang every morning. And Brian Houseworth will be joining us as well for some news. Lots going on in the world, including some. I've got some tin foil hat stuff that's going to be awesome. I don't know if you guys have talked about it, but I've got some tin foil, tin foil hat stuff that'll be awesome. And we've got uh, Attorney General Andrew Bailey coming up later. Woo! Yep. And we have um, Vivek Malik. Now, Vivek Ramaswamy is Vivek. Vivek but I like think, cake. But I think our treasurer is Vivek, or is it Vivek? Vivek, I think. Vivek. Yep. John? Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, uh, and a cavalcade... Of uh, many. And of course, uh, Raven Harrison joins us as well. Yes. A little later on. When is she on? Uh, I think 710. 710. So we've got 710. Then the 8 o'clock hour are the uh, the Jefferson the Jeffersonians. We've got uh, the Attorney General at uh, at 810 and then 835, Evac Malik. And he's got a Christmas gift for everyone if you haven't already taken advantage of that. You know, he that does? fund. That fund. That oh, unclaimed yeah. property fund. Oh, well, yeah. Oh. I, I, I thought it was a student loan relief fund, but... <laughs> no, no, I'm constantly no. searching that thing. They're always like, there's free money out there, and I keep looking. I have to admit, I, I had done that several treasurers ago, but it was complicated. It's been streamlined. It's, it's been, easy now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I gave up on it, because you, you had to tell them, you know, the, what was the, the chromosomal constituent of your, you know, great-grandmother. You know, I mean, I, I, there was too many things that you need to do, so I didn't do it. Brian Houseworth, there you are. You're talking about... Well, hang on, hang on, there we go. See, I got to... There we go. There you, Party there, foul. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, sorry. It sounds, it sounds good. foul out here early. <laughs> it sounded good as well. Just back from the Golden Corral, you, did you check it out this morning? Are yeah. they open yet? They're not open oh. yet, I, I can tell you that. <laughs> I want to do, do a remote from the Golden Corral the day they open. Okay, yeah. can we get management to do that? No, it's <laughs> it's going to be up to uh, to Hannah and everybody. I, I, I guarantee you it will be packed, but it's taking... <laughs> will it, though? Know, I think it will, but it's going to take forever. And as I said to you yesterday on the show, it's easier, literally, and I mean, it's easier, folks, to get information about the Callaway nuclear plant than it is about the Golden Corral opening in Columbia, Missouri. And there's a problem there. Oh, when, that, when, that, well, that. not as many people want to get into the the nuclear plant. <laughs> exactly, I guess. I guess so. But no, they are not. They're not open. Although their Despite Facebook page, what their social media says, their Facebook page again is inviting people to come in. You were, you and I were talking the other day on air about the guy with the horse, the the uh, the horse, the horse, or what was it? The the people on Halloween that were coming yeah, in. Yeah, there, there was a guy. They had a picture on their Facebook page. It was a woman. Well, I think a man. because she had. A, you could tell the painted nail. Although that doesn't necessarily mean a woman, but it, a horse's head, sort of like the horse was talking to a sinister pumpkin head yes. person. This yes. was the golden corral. This was the last place you'd want to go for Halloween with the with the images they had there. Just it was like like Friday the Thirteenth at Golden Corral. Yeah, go but there. they and they don't respond to social media messages. But no, the, despite what the Facebook page says, they're not open. So all right, all right. Uh, in case you haven't heard, overnight, well, yesterday, uh, Henry Kissinger died mm. at age one hundred. Wow. Mm. And uh, 
I, the ladies on the show may not know it, gents, but we're gonna. I was asking Stephanie. So yeah, you know, have your Kissinger. Let's talk about. We're gonna call the new the new name for the show. Two young gals, three old guys in a truck. Our, our <laughs> and five, a partridge in a pear our, tree. Yeah. Two, two gals, three guys, and microphones or something. Because you remember Henry. Oh, my Kissinger. God. I mean, he was, he was a, a pivotal huge. change agent for, for, uh, for national policy, for American He was the guy policy. behind opening up China with the rest yes. of the world. Yeah, really. In, yep. in, in really, that's, there's no question about that, John and Doctor. Uh, there, there is, and there's one other thing we should point out about him. I mean, he's always going to be affiliated. People yeah. remember him for advising Richard Nixon, but he also advised a number of other Republican Gerald presidents. Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford, certainly, who, you know, um, obviously a foreign policy that was similar to President Ford, but they had a few differences as well. But the one thing about him that was very interesting is and I didn't hear anybody point this out on the national press last night but he had the the foresight to exploit if you will the division between the USSR and China yep they're yep. both com- communists they're communists today they get along better than they but there is a they have a heavily fortified border between them he knew that Richard Nixon you know and when when Richard Nixon went over to in in uh, to China uh and and did that it was a huge it was I can't tell you how big that was but but you know the Russians clearly didn't like that at all so I mean um in you know, kind of a somebody who was instrumental in trying to negotiate peace. Huge name. I've I've looked at the list many times of people who've spoken over the years, world leaders, many of them on both sides of the aisle in Fulton. I don't believe he ever came. I, I, don't, I don't believe. So. I, don't, I don't. I know think that. So either. Sure, they invited him, but he was. But you name it, everybody else has been there. But it'd been nice to to hear from him. And John, you remember and can explain to the young ladies on the show. <laughs> What was happening in the Middle East at that time? We have Middle East tensions now. And in oh, the Middle East, well, he was, remember yeah. his diplomacy? It was called? Shuttle diplomacy. And it was? It was, well, he would, it was it involved the Yom Kippur War, yep. where he was kind of credited with ending that. The and, Egyptians and the Israelis didn't want to talk to one another. And, nope, and he, it has become known as America interposing ourselves and being the shuttle negotiators to get both people to the table and it was it was pivotal at that time and so it really represented i think a new era in where we weren't we weren't really involved directly but we were the mediators i like to think america should be the big brother in the room of global affairs stephanie does that mean you're supporting nikki haley (laughs) oh boy i look i Uh would support i would support anyone i would support a homeless person over joe biden (laughs) okay fair okay that was hyperbolic okay hyperbolic i just nikki's okay Okay. he's okay i want someone that can win i want to win yeah now tonight speaking of tonight oh yeah speaking of winning newsom versus desantis on sean hannity who do you think is going to win that I'm nervous um, for for DeSantis. Uh, hair Newsom, content DeSantis. What okay, and I'm sensitive about hair. You know, <laughs> I do think they'll get a lot of people to watch. I think it, I think it is fascinating um, that it's being hosted by Sean Hannity and that the governor of California has accepted the. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's going to be interesting, and it's, I, it's it's newsworthy. You have to watch out for for DeSantis. DeSantis, I mean for for Newsom. Newsom is a slickster. That guy is slick. He's very slick. And John, I just worry about people that are not 
as engaged as I wish citizens would be. They tend to fall for character, for charisma, for slick, rather than look at policy. I think all of so us like the Kennedy Nixon debate yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's he. I I think DeSantis stands to lose a lot. I think a lot of people are saying, well, why so? wouldn't he do it? He it could be a win, but he's been so weak on the debate stage, yeah. especially against people like Nikki Haley. And I think Gavin Newsom, I think, is going. I I haven't obviously seen him debate before, but I think he could be really dangerous on a debate stage, and I worry for DeSantis if he has a bad night. Yeah. I mean, the question is, what is his campaign over if he has a really bad night against Newsom? On the other hand, if he brings out his inner a tiger against the media, DeSantis, because when he's against media, I mean, he turns on a little bit of that Trump switch and he's very effective. Yeah, I, he could have a really but good night. I don't night. know whether he'll do that. So, and then the other thing is, I mean, he should be right in his wheelhouse because the best DeSantis is Florida dis- COVID DeSantis lean on my record. Yes. And so that's what it's teeing up for him is Florida versus California. So he could have a wonderful night. And if he does, does that get him out of the slump that he's been mm-hmm. in? We'll have to see. I, I, I'm going to be fascinated. It should be really very, very interesting. Uh, we have a caller. Uh, and by the way, the number is 573-874-9390 if you want to touch base with the Wake Up Mid-Missouri crowd. Here is Kirk. How are you doing, Kirk? Welcome to the program. Wait a minute. Kirk? Are you there? Yes. Oh, there you are. Sorry, Kirk. Go ahead. I'm What's welcome. on your mind? Um, I remember back when Kissinger was doing the negotiations that he was doing to yeah. open up uh, China. And, you know, my mom was big into history when I was young, and she was the one who got me interested in it. And she compared Matthew Perry, who was a Commodore, I believe, in the United States Navy that opened up Japan to uh, industrial era and expanding their horizons of the country's exposure to the rest of the world. Back in, I think it was the 1850s, 1859 seems to ring true in my head. And she says, you're going to see some similar correlations between uh, opening up Japan and opening up China, because these are unknown variables, which we don't know the intricacies of their culture mm. and how it's going to interact with the rest of the world and well japan gave us part of world war ii and she said see that's one of those things that comes up to bite you when you don't know what's going to happen when you do something like opening up japan and now we're seeing from opening up china well i i, I would put china in the role of uh keep your friends close but your enemies closer and I, there's nothing wrong with opening up and talking to them but i think we were delusional many presidents have been guilty of that to think that if you play patsy cake with them and if you just give them a little more and yield a little here and appease a little there that somehow they'll come your way they don't share western values steph no uh, that's that's true and kirk don't you agree that's the problem I would concur completely. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, he was a giant in diplomacy and really yes, set the mark for Secretary of State uh, behavior. Thanks much for the call. You guys- the hey. Hill reports that Kissinger was uh, an international advisor to 12 presidents. Yeah. I don't think I realized that. No, he- and that would have meant... In- some of those were not nearly as high profile as the yeah, others. Not, so, not I mean, officially, but I think, yeah. but beneath the surface, he was present. And he was, he was, he. Uh, I'm sure if the Democrats, uh, Democratic presidents, ask, and I, I know they did, um, you know, he he would have he would have offered that. But Randy, the only other thing, I, we, when they we talk about opening uh, the door to China in the late '60s and early '70s, the Nixon administration. Their record on human rights. We didn't know a lot about it then, but they uh, nothing like uh, 
it's much worse what yeah. we're seeing out of China in, in terms of their aggression now. But right. it definitely did not play well with the Soviets. But again, he exploited that. It was very, it was very interesting. No, you're very right. And, and John, would you agree with me? Is it just my nostalgia getting the best of me? Or did Henry Kissinger display the gravitas that we don't see in as many of our leaders today? Yeah, he was... He was uh, behind the scenes initially on a lot of that, but boy, a, a policy maker. You betcha, you betcha. All right, well, that's uh, that wraps up for a segment. When we come back, oh, daily DC rundown. Nothing happened in DC. Yes, there is. <laughs> Stephanie Bell will help us with that. You're listening to Wake Up Mid Missouri on 104.5 News Radio 950 KWS and 93.9 The Eagle. We'll be back. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. News, analysis, and opinion, free of charge from Wake Up Mid-Missouri. You all want a soundbite. This is the third time we're going through this. I don't care. I was sent here by the people of the 3rd District of New York. I represent them. Not the political class in Washington, D.C. If they want to send me home, if they think this was a fair process, if they think this is how it should be done, and if they're confident that this is a constitutional way of doing it, God bless their is hearts. It never- well, it's time for the Daily D.C. Rundown. Who was that, Stephanie Bell? Good old George Santos. <laughs> Get out the violins, <laughs> if that's the way they want to do it. I think he's going to have a press conference this morning, and the House is expected to vote tomorrow, is I he? believe. He's going to have a conference. Okay, yeah, maybe. and so I wonder, will he just resign? If, the, he, if he knows the writing is on the wall, is he going to take a step back early? I don't know. Or, I mean, he's been pretty defiant this whole time. Also, even if he says he's going to resign, can you believe him? Because I don't think that guy can tell the truth <laughs> at all, ever. Um, but it has come out that, of course, he was spending his campaign funds on things like porn, and um, and Sephora and other things and, and high dollar items, consumer items, Hermes. Right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, so all of these things are, are not looking good for him, and uh, <laughs> I think the house has had enough. Uh, so we are looking at that coming up in D.C. Um, we also are learning that the uh, truce or ceasefire between Israel and Hamas is extending another day. I think we're going to get a, some some more hostages today. Yeah. So that continues, um, and then we're looking forward to the debate to night between DeSantis and Newsom and how that might shake up the 2024 race. I think it's really exciting. And then also this, I want to bring up the Supreme Court had a big case, heard a big case yesterday about the SEC, the Securities and Exchange oh, yeah. Commission. What'd they do? Um, they, uh, so the Fifth Circuit actually, t- it's really bizarre because usually when a case goes up to the Supreme Court, you've got one kind of foundational, one big issue. Mm-hmm. And here uh, the at the lower court level, the, the, um, folks had raised three really huge issues and the fifth circuit basically accepted them all oh. so these are three issues that um, the supreme court now will confront so there was a hedge fund founder named george jarkesy and uh this case dates back to 2013 and um he was fined three hundred thousand dollars and asked to repay seven hundred thousand dollars um for his ills um before the sec and now and, and so he challenged uh these so one of them is can the sec even impose monetary penalties there's no jury so when you're looking at the seventh amendment jury trial requirement can um this administrative so so all of these are huge fundamental challenges yeah. to the administrative state good, so good. so um Over, so, overreach from the bureau 
bureaucracy. Yes. Yeah. So that's one huge wow. issue. Uh. Can you get this huge fine as an individual citizen by you know the administrative state? Big, big, big deal. Um, the second question is: Can Congress uh, delegate to the SEC and? Um, the power to decide whether the case should either be an an administrative proceeding or a civil enforcement action. So Congress can say in a statute, yes, you have to go to the administrative proceeding or this is a or basically you can have a civil enforcement um, proceeding. But can they delegate to an administrative agency that then the, the agency itself decides whether you get an administrative proceeding or you go to civil enforcement? And so that is on the table. No, um, can I? Administrative, does that mean like some kind of a carve-out court kind of Internal a thing? Internal As opposed to someone sitting at a desk in D.C. saying $300,000 fine. Okay, Co- so, correct. Okay. Correct. And then there's this huge third question about whether or not um, the Constitution allows Congress to protect their, or allows the, okay, whether the Constitution allows Congress to then tell the SEC they can protect their own judges from removal. Oh, if that makes sense. Wow. And so um, there was a big case a couple of years ago where uh, where this issue came up, but it hasn't come up in the context of the SEC. And um, and so right now, their administrative law judges, their internal people, basically have two layers of protection before removal without cause. And so that huge administrative is- mm-hmm. uh, state issue is also at issue in this case. You know, this is going on at the same time that I read that the Biden administration is trying to put in some civil service, quote, reforms that are going to to make it tougher for the next president to remove civil servants. Yeah, whether you're at the federal level or the state level, in fact, the administrative state has much more power over yes. you than, than you would actually think. And anything we can do to kind of bust that up and rein it in, I think we're better for it. So I'm glad to see these big issues up uh, before the highest, uh, the highest court. Wow. A jam-packed D.C. Daily Rundown with Stephanie Bell. Well, put on your tinfoil hats because I have more for you. There's more coming up on Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Stephanie, Hannah, John, Brian, and me, Randy Tober. Be back. Text the crew at 874-9390. Warning, everyone on the show can read your text. Well, we've, we've got to talk about government overreach. And I'm sure oh, do that we have to. Yes, I want to do this. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, Stephanie was just talking about the the administrative state overreach and how bureaucrats, you know, unelected officials can have a profound impact on your life. Huge. John, you know, it happens at the state level, right? I mean, people can come in and do some things to you that really, you know, probably should be more fairly and duly, you know, prosecuted rather than just bureaucrats saying you can't do this you can't do that you know i'm taking your license to do your business away there's just a general a sense of a little tyranny right oh i think well we we talked to brad jones yesterday that from the national federation of independent business here in missouri and he said that ranks right up on the list of small business complaints is uh, over the top regulations uh, they face not only from the feds but from local and yeah. state government and let's be honest about it um I heard you talking with the budget director yesterday, too. It was great, great conversation. And when I heard the number, 40000 is the median income in Missouri. 40000 right? I think I remember that properly. Yeah. That's what okay. Rick Combs was saying, 40000 median family Family, income. right, family income. Okay, and he was talking, and then that, that led to the discussion of the disparity between the haves and the have-nots and what's happening to the middle class, which is a shrinking group, right? And... Um, I got to thinking, 
Why is that? Why is that? Well, you know, I think I think the old guard Republicans that were the founders and implementers of crony capitalism, I think they had something to do with it. The bigger you are, the more people you can muster in your compliance department in your company, the more resources you can put, the more you actually are okay with regulation because you can handle it. You can you can scoot out of the way would be competitors. I'm just looking at it at a high level, and it makes it difficult for the small Joe and Janet to start a business or do oh, you know, yeah. work for themselves. Yeah, that's... end up the ones at the kitchen table trying to fill out all these forms after you just yep. spent 14 hours at the business. Absolutely. Well, I mean, look a little bit at big tech, and it's happened in like um, I think like alcohol, tobacco, those kinds of things. But like, so the big guys right now in big tech, they'll go into Congress and they're saying, "Yeah, yeah. we do need AI regulation. We do need this <laughs> because they're so far ahead that then the barrier." To entry once they That's put right. in the regulation they are perfectly positioned they're insulated um, from anything because they they've written the rules right it, yeah it happens across lots of industries more than you would think and it just it's just well i see it in healthcare for sure oh certainly i mean it's just uh, and that's not good for patients in healthcare it's not good for consumers in retail it's not good for small would be competitors that oh man i just want to break out and do my own thing and you know i don't need to make as much as jeff bezos but i'd like to do a little online distribution you know forget about it forget about it it'd be pretty tough speaking of jeff bezos ha 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 did you hear oh i love i love stories when legacy media are downsizing they're laying off 240 people Oh, yeah. Really? Now, I'm not happy for the people because it's Christmas time. You kind of look happy, Randy. Uh, (laughs) I'm tired of people like the Washington Post and the New York Slime and the big players have dominating, you know, media. Now, you'd think that this might be a wake-up call for people that are working in legacy leftist media to think, maybe I need to straighten up my act and be more fair in my reporting and separate editorial from news and, you know, maybe look at those stinky, smelly Walmart MAGA people and stop, you know, denigrating them in adjectival treatment of my stories, you know? But will they? No, they'll just whine and they'll go join the Daily Beast or the HuffPo, right? A hundred percent. Well, and why is it in the media, like, as an industry standard... Layoff season is always around Christmas. I always think what? that that's such a crappy thing yeah. to do to someone. Why would any? Why would you do that to someone? Is it is it a tax thing? But we see it a lot in this industry. Not here, luckily, but I in know, the industry right. as a whole. Right. Oh, yeah. you had a uh, oh, Hannah. You had uh, HR wanted to see you afterwards. Oh, don't no. worry about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we just see you later. Bezos, did I, Jeff Bezos <laughs> just do a bunch of layoffs at Blue Origin, yeah. the yeah. space company? Yeah. Well, and I I think it's probably like with not maybe not tax but budgeting, right? You're starting a new year, so you can you know if you get some people off your rolls, then but you. But it's cruel. It's cruel at this time of year. I mean, it really is. Didn't the, what, ABC DFE? Would you rather get fired on like January fifth? I guess going into the new year thinking you're yeah, good. Yeah, go out and take a run. Yeah. Get your body in shape. You know, I don't know. Uh wasn't there a company here in Columbia last year that did that around this time? I ABC, think so. wasn't it with publishing or something? Books? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I think it happened here. And I, I just that that troubles me. Not here as in Zimmer, but here as in Midwest. No, no, not Zimmer. No, 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 no. <laughs> Columbia. Columbia. Oh, <laughs> HR's wanting you too, Randy. Oh, well, I, I already I daily get called to the principal's <laughs> office. Trust me. Yesterday, I, last evening, I, I get, I probably have a, I probably have like, my kids say I have a spectrum problem. I don't know. But 
I was so focused on the content of a mini monologue I was doing, and my alarm clock on the phone was going off. Beep, beep, <laughs> beep. And it was only after my son-in-law texted me, and finally Brian said, and then texting all over the place, you've got your, I, I had a problem with that. So oh, I, my gosh. That's like... <laughs> I don't want to hurt your feelings, Randy. That's such an old person thing of like, well, your phone is ringing no, I knew, and you have no idea. But you know what? But I everyone did. around you is it's going, like, oh but my you know gosh. What? I did realize it, but only in <laughs> retrospect because I was focused on the, con- when I'm doing content, it's all about the listener and the content. I want to produce good content for the listener. So everything else goes. I'm the guy that when I don't always have my seatbelt on, I hope not the authorities didn't hear that. What? And my And so the little thing goes off. You know, the, the, yeah, I my, hate that. My thing. wife says, "Doesn't that drive you crazy?" I said, "What?" Yeah, I, because I'm focused on driving and I'm focusing on thinking about either the show or my patients or whatever. So I'm able to just—it doesn't bother me. You just—you sh- should have um, doesn't bother me. You should have just claimed genius or whatever. My understanding is, I saw like <laughs> no. a no. You should have uh, my uh, Taylor Swift put out some video and there's like a clearly a phone ringing in the background. Yeah, and um and sh- you know everyone's like. Does she hear the phone ringing in the background? But apparently, Hannah, do you know the Taylor Swift lyric where it's like the old Taylor can't come to the phone? Ah. And so she's and so that it was a nod. Really? Oh yeah, because oh. she's always doing something really smart. People uh-huh. just have to catch on. So you should just be like uh, the old yeah. Randy couldn't come to the I've phone. All her lines, yeah, her her her, her <laughs> lines that she uses to to Kelsey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've tried claiming when genius when that. my when I don't hear my wife asking about honeydew and it's not been successful. That's but called I'll, selective uh, hearing, and most men have it. Eh? What? Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. <laughs> What's that? Uh-huh. Hey, there you go, John. Help me here. Help me. <laughs> I think we're sunk, Randy. Okay, we never got to the story. I want to talk about this story. When we come back, we're going to talk about this story about the federal asset. Uh, uh, forfeiture oh, and it's crazy. how the city council is talking about diverting those monies in uh, in Columbia from the police department. Yep, not defund the police. But there's two issues: the money's there and diverting it. But what about the forfeiture in the first place without due process? Is it time to take a break and then we'll do that on the way back? Okay, Hannah says, Randy, look at me, stay focused, take a break. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that. And when we come back on Wake Up Mid Missouri, we'll talk about asset forfeiture, police funding, and more. And Raven Harrison coming up at 710. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. The news can be heavy. So can a boulder. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. So it's 6.48. You're listening to Wake Up Mid-Missouri on 93.9 The Eagle, 104.5 News Radio, 950 KWS, down there in Jefferson City, where we love to talk to the Jeffersonians. And no one knows more about Jefferson City than John Marsh. How you doing, John? Doing good. And yourself, sir? I am doing well. Thanks to you and producer Hannah, who's in there rolling her eyes at me again. What did I do wrong now? <laughs> I didn't roll my eyes that time. <laughs> that time. Okay. Yeah. Good. good for you. Good for you. <laughs> And Stephanie Bell. Good morning. Okay, so ladies and gent, the Columbia <laughs> did Police Officer. Did you just office, assume everyone's gender? <laughs> I, I did. And wow, if you, if you I'm canceling you. If you want it, please. I proudly will earn that stamp of cancellation. <laughs> I will proudly earn it. I'm just glad it's ladies and gent because usually I get emails that say gen- gentleman and lady, and oh. I'm like the only lady on the email really? chain. Yeah. No, I always try to use the. 
Uh, which is one thing that bothers me. Uh, see, I'm going to go off into a tangent. You have to keep me on focus. That I suffer, <laughs> we like to chase squirrels on I, Wake Up in Missouri. I suffer from undiagnosed ADD, guys, so help me here. Like a bunny. Yeah. <laughs> if only you knew someone who could diagnose yeah. that. Oh, that fly on the wall is driving me crazy. Uh, so, it. why in this whole gender thing does anyone... Can, how can anyone give any credibility, any credence to the they, them? How can an entity, one human being with one heart, be one brain, how can you be plural? I don't like it either. It just, it grammatically <laughs> is wrong. John, you're a journalist. How can, I mean, doesn't that, it's like fingernails on the chalkboard. No? Yeah, we'll hear from the old retired English teacher who corrects our grammar on a regular basis. Yeah, that's kind of a red flag. Yeah. Well, I've always said that too, of yeah. like... I can better understand thinking you're the opposite gender mm-hmm. than I can you thinking that you're no gender at all. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, you're right. I mean, it, or it, all of them. Or yeah, or, or all, of, all them. of them. And I guess at the spur of the moment, right? By, Not all of them. Both of them. There are two. Or both of them. There are two. Oh yeah. <laughs> now see, well, we're no, back into aren't. that debate again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. Okay, so this whole this whole flap over the the where is the money in this what four hundred thousand ish fund? That comes from some sharing, the federal, the DOJ shares money that is obtained through partnerships when local law enforcement seizes property, it goes to the feds, whatever, they sell it at the pawn shop, I don't know what happens, but the money goes into a fund. It's supposed to, if you look on the DOJ website on this program, they tell you what it's supposed to be designated for. It's all law enforcement stuff. It's supposed to be. Okay. But now, it's supposed to be hardware, too, is what yes, it is, yes, originally right. was. And, and, and the city council last week all of a sudden had discussions about, well, let's see where else we might use this money. I mean, it was a big poke in your eye to the police officers here. That wouldn't be the first time for the city of Columbia. I mean, that's kind of their M.O. So, okay, so that's one issue. And it's just troubling. <laughs> and Mike Murphy did a great job on Como Buzz, um, you know, wrote an article about that. He's got a really nice piece up there. But then that got me thinking, hmm, yeah, the, most of the people from whom this is taken is are probably the kind of folks you wouldn't watch your daughter dating or your son, you know, marrying or whatever. I mean, you know, there's a reason that the feds and the locals are going after people usually. They don't just wake up in the morning. And But there is this issue of due process before your stuff is taken, right? You would hope. So what do you think, Stephanie? Oh, I think civil asset forfeiture is terrible. I was recently reading an article in... Reason Magazine about um, this happening, and they just actually got, um, there was a court case out of Detroit, and they said, so, you know, typically you're like, okay, well, they actually did a crime, so their stuff gets taken fine, but what happens is, what you're saying, Randy, is before you even get your day in court, they take, and so some some of these people get their stuff taken, and they're never even charged. And it's lost? Well, it, they they never they get, get it back. That's yeah. That's my question. And so what? So this uh, they just won this federal appeals court case, and they said in Wayne County, where Detroit was, they yeah. seized twenty six hundred vehicles between twenty seventeen and twenty nineteen, raked in one point two million dollars. Of those seizures, um, so of twenty six hundred. 473 were not accompanied by a criminal conviction. 438, no one was even charged with a crime. And they took their vehicle. Okay, so let's put on our lawmaker hats. Okay, let's say there, there probably is some rational basis where the government should put this in some kind of an, of a, of a property escrow fund, put it in a warehouse, whatever. But if they've, 
improperly taken your stuff, either because you never get charged or you're acquitted, yeah. I think there should be a penalty. I think the government should give you if they if they took my my old Ford F two fifty, they should give me a Maserati, by God. You know, there are instances where the government has to pay. One of those, if we go back to the administrative state, if you can basically show that the government took a position that they knew was wrong or that is frivolous at times, because um, in America, typically everyone pays their own way for attorneys. But there are ways in certain uh, cases, and Sunshine would be another example if you can prove that they knowingly that someone knowingly violated the Sunshine Law. There are there are penalties or ways that you can basically make them pay. Integra um, basis versus state of Missouri. I, I think. I know this case. I think I, I yeah. think this would be a, a reasonable way to try to bow, better balance yeah. the issues here. And you think about it though, and, and what what was said in this in this Detroit case too was these are people who are least likely uh, to be able to make these payments, right. and and especially when you're talking about taking people's cars. Um, so I, now I, you know they had some sort of minor criminal infraction. Now they don't have a car. They can't get to work. They can't yep. get their kids to school. They yeah. can't, you know, it, taking away someone's car. I mean, for those of you who've had, and Hannah and I have had this recently, if you lose your car, if you have car trouble, I mean, it is a huge headache, even for people with means. It and puts so, them on a, on a downward spiral, so these people are. Right, and know? then if you can't, if you're never charged with a crime, so great. I, I am now out of criminal trouble, but I lost my job because I couldn't get there or I couldn't, you know, get my kids to school. So now I've got a different criminal charge. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, and, I agree. And it's it's a long process, and I think that's what you're saying, Randy, is there's got to be a way to return these things more quickly. Well, what we, about the peripheral Second Amendment story that we hear so much yes. about? The red flag laws where they confiscate people's guns when they've been accused of domestic violence but not convicted. Yeah. No, the, I mean, uh, the McCloskeys had their guns forfeited, remember? Now they actually technically got, I mean, they were charged with a crime. Um, but yeah, we hear. I mean, the the government. But they didn't confi- get the guns back. No, they sure didn't. They were destroyed. Yes, exactly. I mean, the the yeah. government takes all sorts of stuff. Well, and you know what? Okay, here's another one. When the IRS comes at you two or three or four years later, I've known people where they made an honest mistake. They had a thousand dollar mistake or whatever. Three years later, they will make you pay three years worth of penalty when yeah if, okay if i owe you a thousand bucks and a couple interest for a couple of months that's fine but if the irs makes a mistake and owes you a refund and holds it you don't get don't interest hold on your, your breath in. there's yeah. no but there's guys there's something fundamentally wrong with this this is the reason this is the reason people vote maga this is the reason people rebel this is the reason that people say out with all the bums you know this is the reason, like, people move to the country and go off the grid, I feel like, so you don't have to interact with government. We talked like about the forfeiture laws when this all came up. What was it last week, Steph, with with Brian? And we kind of pointed out, hey, this all harkens back to the Miami Vice days yeah. when it was designed to go after the folks who were dealing drugs and laundering a lot of money. That was the initial definition of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, uh, we have a lot of text. This has lit people up. Uh, one text, uh, one listener says, if the city diverts the civil forfeiture revenue, maybe the police will stop seizing property. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at it from the from the standpoint of, okay, if the money's there, the cops need it. I mean, you know, don't you want your neighborhood safe? Have you not heard the reporting of Houseworth and, and lately John Marsh about you had a murder down in your neck of the woods? you got to have police out and about and, and, and equipped to do their job. There it is. Crazy. All right, let's talk to Travis real quickly here on uh, the government. Uh, hey, uh, Travis, how you doing? You're, you're okay with the government coming in and taking your car because they don't like the way you comb your hair, aren't you? Yeah. Ah, 
I don't understand <laughs> how the city allows a ban on fire to drive down the street, but yet they want to take other people's stuff. That that van's still driving. Yeah. Well, this is a federal thing, and I guess they require the cooperation here, so we'll have to see. Hey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. All right, coming up, Raven Harrison. Ra- I wonder if that's her real first name. We'll have to ask I think her. it is. Well, Raven Harrison. Uh, comes up uh, on Wake Up Mid Missouri on 93.9 Eagle, 104.5 News Radio, 950 KW.